Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. All right, crossover NBA podcast, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. What's happening, Beck? Absolutely nothing. It's you know, it's mid-August, there's nothing happening, just more of the same nonsense. Yeah, I, I was you know, I was sitting over the weekend thinking about what exactly we were gonna talk about on this podcast. Like in my notes, I had like Warriors salary cap issues. Uh, no, you know, digging down to the Eastern Conference play-in, um, thoughts on Zion coming back and fitting in with the Pelicans. It was, it's tough sledding right now, Beck, as we enter the mid part of August. But then on Monday, the basketball gods giveth once again, according to the athletic, Kevin Durant had a meeting with Nets owner, Joe Sy. And in that meeting, Durant told Cy that he needed to choose between Durant and the pairing of general manager Sean Marks and head coach Steve Nash, effectively telling Cy, it's me or it's them. I want to first, Howard, give credit to Steve Bullpett of Heavy.com. I think he was the first to report that this meeting was going to take place between Durant and the Nets, but... Whoa, baby, there's that meeting. Kevin Durant throws down the gauntlet. Uh, your reaction to KD's uh, pretty explosive meeting, which, by the way, I want to point out, first of all, Kevin Durant, who's on social media all day long, has not denied this. Nobody from Durant's camp has denied this. In fact, the only comment about this came from Joe Sy, who came out and tweeted 
that he will do what's in the best interest of the Nets and the coach and the GM have his full support. So you have the floor, Howard. What did you think? Oh, man. (laughs) So if this was where this was all going to lead, if Kevin Durant's... And let me just back up for a second. You mentioned that Kevin Durant hasn't tweeted any denial, nor did he tweet any denial of his initial trade demand back on June 30th, I think it was, nor has he weighed in on any platform. They, the players today have every platform in the world at their disposal, and in Kevin Durant's case, an entire media company that he and his business partner, Rich Kleiman, run. They have chosen not to avail themselves of any of that to clarify, to inform, to deny, to confirm, to anything. Um, I just p- want to point that out. There, there's plenty of room here, and there's been plenty of time for them to confirm, clarify, deny whatever they need to do. They haven't. So we will take it all at face value. Given all of that, Chris, given what we've known for weeks, given that we've known that, that Kevin Durant has wanted out, has not denied that, if his goal was to remove the entire leadership, the GM and the coach, and have them replaced, and that was the key to him staying, well, then that's a card you should have played maybe in June when you first delivered the trade demand, or maybe in, when was it, April when they flamed out in a sweep by Boston in the first round? Like, if these are your concerns, if you do not ever, you do not still have the faith that you had only a year ago when you signed the four-year extension that is about to begin... If these concerns are now that prominent, that urgent, then the second the season was over, you should have been in there with Josiah saying, listen, I've lost faith in this whole operation. So either move me or change up your, your leadership. And you have that discussion in April, May, June, even July, maybe. Not August. This You're too close to the coming season. This is not a time when teams, at least functioning teams do not make dramatic changes in leadership at this late stage. We've seen it happen. We saw the Knicks remove Glenn Grunwald to replace him with Steve Mills in, I think, late August or early September one year out of the blue. But I don't think that's a model anybody should be following. And they're not the only ones. There have been a few others, but it's very, very rare. You don't make those kinds of changes this deep in the summer. If you needed to do so, either out of internal evaluation or because of pressure from a player, from an agent, from whatever, whatever the reason. You do that earlier in the offseason. This is not the time to make those kinds of dramatic changes. I don't even know who you would get in either of those roles if you did it. It feels to me like desperation. This feels to me like I made my trade demand. You did your best, presumably, to try to meet my trade demand. You didn't get anything you wanted. You haven't traded me. I'm still here. I don't want to be here. We're starting to get close to to September, and I'm getting a little antsy. I got to play another card. So now he plays the it's me or them card. That's what it feels like to me. My read is this is a, a desperation play because we're this deep in the summer, and he hasn't been moved yet. We still don't really know. And I'm, by the way, I'm not sure the Nets truly know what is driving this for Kevin Durant. Is it the way that they've dealt with Kyrie and the whole vaccination saga and his uh, contract extension saga? Is it all about that? Is it about uh, moves that they have made with the roster, moves they have not made with the roster? By the way, whatever anybody may think of the roster last season or where it stands now, 
the roster as it stands right now could win the championship. <laughs> if Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons are all on board and healthy with a healthy Joe Harris and a healthy uh, Seth Curry, two of the best shooters in the league, with Patty Mills, with Nick Claxton, with Royce O'Neal, who they picked up, and, and perhaps a healthy TJ Warren, who's got uh, obviously a, a, a great upside play there, this team could win the championship. Like it's not, it's, it's not even a, a, a crazy notion. On paper, they've got the talent and the depth. So what is it exactly that Kevin Durant is still so concerned about? And where does he think he's going to land in a trade after some team has given up a boatload for him that's going to have a better chance to win than what he has in Brooklyn? Like, none of this makes any more sense today than it did when the trade demand first landed. In fact, it makes even less sense because now he's playing cards that if you were going to play them should have been played months ago. Yeah, to me... This crystallizes a few things. Number one, you know, if this is accurate, Kevin Durant's issue at the moment is not with Kyrie Irving. That's what was speculated about, wondered about. Did Kevin Durant, was his relationship with Irving strained at the moment? Doesn't seem like, at least if this report is to be believed, that that is the case. Now, I can see why Durant's is disenchanted with Steve Nash. I've been, Howard, a vocal critic of Nash on this podcast, in print. I just don't think he's a high-level coach. I don't. Um, I didn't think it. I thought he was a mistake to hire him two years ago. I thought they were thinking too outside the box then in bringing in a guy who had a relationship with Durant, who had a relationship with Sean Marks, but had... Absolutely no coaching experience, at least when it came to coaching on the bench. Howard, he was a soccer analyst, is what he was, who occasionally parachuted into Golden State to work with Kevin Durant uh, from time to time. So I can see Durant being disenchanted after two years, well, really one year, of Nash, and that year culminating with Steve Nash being coached circles around by Ime Udoka. Like, and this isn't Monday morning quarterbacking here. I said this months ago, and I wrote it in the immediate aftermath of that. We've talked about it on this podcast. I just don't think Steve Nash is a very good coach. And I think Kevin Durant, over the course of this year, kind of realized that. Now, the Sean Marks stuff is a little bit trickier to figure out. Um, is he upset about the way Sean Marks handled the Irving situation? Is he upset that Sean Marks made the Harden deal to begin with, you know, that gave up key assets in Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and other role players that would have been pretty valuable uh, to this team? Is he upset about how the Harden negotiations came down afterwards where they traded Harden to Philadelphia? That's a little bit more difficult to figure out. What I do know, Howard, is that Kevin Durant has pushed this situation to the point of no return. If there was any thought prior to Monday about Kevin Durant coming to training camp, being a part of this Nets team this year, he can't do it now. You can't say, and, and this is, you know, this report is the equivalent of Kevin Durant saying it because Durant has declined to deny it. You can't say that you don't believe in your front office and more specifically your coach and then hope to have any success with that team during the season. I just, I don't see it happening. To me, Howard, this broke Brooklyn. This ended any chance 
of the band getting back together for next year? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. And let me, there's a bunch of different things here to, to, to uh, hit on, but let me start with this. The idea that he has pushed us to the point of no return, that was the point of the exercise, right? Again, this was a power play. It was a belated power play. And again, if your true goal was to remove the leadership, that's something you should have said months ago. You don't all of a sudden wake up in August and say, you know what? I'm not sure Sean Marks and Steve Nash are the right guys for this. Like, why, what, why is that something you're telling them in August? Now, maybe that's something that he had hinted at or even said before, and maybe it just hadn't been reported yet. Sometimes there is a lag between when conversations happen and when we learn about them. And I'm not saying that, uh, that the athletic, that Sham Sharani didn't get this uh, right or the timing right. I'm, I, it may well be that this was all said this weekend when they met, but it may also well be that it was said in a different way a couple months ago for all we know. But if this is as it appears, and he is just now playing these cards then it looks more to me like he's just reaching for anything that will force the issue, that will force their hand, that will force them to make a trade that they don't want to make just for the sake of resolving this. Because he wants them to believe, as you seem to, Chris, (laughs) that this means they're beyond the point of no return. I'm skeptical about points of no return because I've seen... Really? Why? In general. Not because of this one. In general. Because I've seen too many times... Kobe Bryant having a meltdown and saying, I'm never playing for the Lakers again and I want to be traded. And then he ends up winning a championship the next year with them and taking them to three more finals. Um, I have seen, uh, same team, I've seen Phil Jackson say that Kobe Bryant is uncoachable and people thinking that they could never get back together and then they get back together. Uh, I hate to to rely on the the Lakers of the Shaq Kobe era for all of my uh, most resonant examples, but this league is funny this way. There are feuds and and beefs and bitterness and things that just seem like you couldn't possibly see player we, we were just talking a few months ago about you know what maybe the warriors then would durant would have a reunion and like three years ago you would have said that was crazy and now it seems like a little less crazy although it's obviously still not going to happen Th- things have you know lamarcus aldridge once demanded a trade from the spurs and then pop coaxed him into staying smaller smaller uh, version of this but like stuff happens all the time we think that things are beyond a point of no return and stuff settles down it would be very easy like if kevin durant doesn't get traded because this is the the reality of it is this it's not like the nets haven't tried you could you could say maybe they haven't tried hard enough, or you could say, hey, they should just settle for whatever. But now we're back to the whole Ben Simmons, Daryl Morey standoff, too. You could say that they could have made a deal by now, and maybe they could have, probably at a, at a terrible loss. I think everybody would agree the Nets should make the deal that makes the most sense for the Nets. And Joe Sy's tweet kind of underscored again, they're going to do what's in the Nets' best interest. The Nets' best interest is keeping Kevin Durant and keeping Kevin Durant happy. But you also can't, and this gets into a different tangent, which we can touch on, I also don't think you sacrifice your entire organization at the altar of of your star. Like that, that's that's that is not. You've already given so much to Durant and Kyrie Irving in the couple of years they've been in Brooklyn that you could argue that was part of the problem in the first place. But that's not a healthy way of running an organization, right? That is not sending the right message overall about how the convictions and the principles that you've built your organization on. So you can't do that. But if you decide not to trade him, or if you decide we have not gotten the right deal and training camp arrives, the pressure moves to to Kevin Durant. He's the one who has to decide at age 34, which he'll turn in September, that he's going to start burning days, weeks, and maybe months of his career. A career that is probably closer to its twilight than not. 
and again three months or excuse me three years removed from an Achilles injury he already just had a season torched by his buddy Kyrie Irving a chance at a championship torched like how much more time does he have to waste the burden shifts to him if he's not traded and would it be awkward sure we've seen awkward in this league before people can navigate awkward Kevin Durant can show up on media day and say guys I know what's been reported I know it's been said but let me just tell you I just want to win and that's what we're going to try to do and then somebody says but do you still want to be traded I just want to win that's what we're here to talk about I'm not like it's so easy to shut down those conversations it's so easy to shut down to the quote-unquote distraction of 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 us the media talking about it we talked you and I discussed this last week a little bit that can still happen all he has to do is just decide oh well it didn't it didn't work I made every play I could to get out of here and it didn't happen, but I'm still here. My buddy Kyrie Irving's still here. We have a roster that could possibly win a championship. Maybe I should just play basketball. That could happen. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying that's the most realistic outcome, but I don't think it's off the table. Yeah, I disagree. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Of Of course you do. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You've mentioned Kobe a couple of times as part of context here. Um, Yes, Kobe was vocal about wanting to be traded, even going on the radio and saying, yes, I want to be traded. he did multiple shows that night. He did. (laughs) Yeah, I remember remember that. Um, He didn't do it, though, in the time of social media, uh, at least not how social media is right now. And I think that can create the kind of firestorm that's difficult to overcome. He also didn't do, he didn't napalm both his coach and GM by name specifically. He which, torched Mitch, he torched Mitch Kupchak, I believe at that same time. 
Did he? All right. I, I'd have I believe, to go back and look I, at it. But I believe he did. And he and Phil Jackson, of course, torched each other like, you know, yeah. multiple times. Uh, I, I just don't think that it, there is there's no such thing as an irreparable relationship in the NBA. Like like coaches and players and teams, organizations and players like shit happens. Well, Howard, let, let me ask you this. Like <laughs> with Steve Nash specifically, you've already had Kyrie just be so dismissive of him, you know, from yes. the very beginning where he yes. said, yeah, we'll have a different coach every night. To the end of the season, me, Kevin, Sean, and Joe will manage this team. Like, he has been disrespectful towards Steve Nash kind of every step of the way. Now you have Durant uh, reportedly saying he doesn't want to play for him anymore. How did You tell me, how does Steve Nash, who's not Phil Jackson, doesn't have the championship <laughs> pedigree, how does no. he survive this? Well, this is interesting too, right? So... I was there on the day that the Celtics eliminated the Nets, finished off the sweep, and Nick Friedle of ESPN asked Kevin Durant, is Steve Nash still the right guy to lead this group? And Durant's quote was, come on, man. Like, he didn't even like the question. He was dismissive of the question. Yeah, Steve has been dealt a crazy hand the last two years. He's had to deal with so much stuff as a head coach, first-time coach, trades, injuries, COVID, just a lot of stuff he had to deal with. I'm proud of how he just focused and his passion for us. We all continue to keep developing over the summer and see what happens. So at least at that time, whether it was just Durant placating and doing what's politically correct or whether he just didn't want to say anything in a press conference, the day that they're eliminated, he's asked about Nash. This is April 26th, and he still is supporting him in that moment. Now, he could change his mind. Um, he, he could also just feel like that wasn't the right place to, to air it out on him. Um, and by all accounts, Kevin Durant was a influential person in, in getting Nash in the first place to the Nets. He was also along with Kyrie influential in them sacking Kenny Atkinson, who was the coach when those two arrived and who never got the chance to coach the two of them together. Uh, so he has a hand in all this already. And he had his chances to, to weigh in on, on Steve Nash. Whatever your reservations or critiques of Steve Nash might be, I've got my own doubts about, about his performance so far. I could make the case that they should have made a a change in coaches, but that's something you do in, again, April, May, June, not August. If you as an organization have decided he's still the guy, you've already chosen your course. And if you were concerned that he didn't have the backing of Durant and Kyrie, well, then you already made that decision months ago. This is not the time to make it. And again, this is not the time for Kevin Durant to demand it. It makes no sense now. I, I think it's more of what you touched on, which which is like this is really just a power play. This is really just like another way of trying to force the issue because you know they're not going to fire them, and so if it's a it's a me or them thing, it pushes the pressure back on them to make a trade. But it does it still doesn't change the calculus. They were already trying to make a trade. They, they haven't found one that is amenable to them, and they're not going to make a trade until they find one that they think it makes sense for them. So, you know, we, 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 we discuss, we analyze, we debate also nothing has actually changed. The bottom line to me is nothing has actually changed. They knew what Durant wanted out. They know what they want, a ransom from some team that they are still hoping to get. None of that has changed as of today in early August. Yeah. But well, come on. Of course something's changed. Like, this is now out there. Like, it's out there that Durant doesn't want to play for Steve Nash and play under Sean Marks. Like, that wasn't out there before. Now it's for public consumption. So that certainly, at the very least, ratchets up the pressure to get something done. I thought it was interesting, Howard, 
at the bottom of that story in The Athletic was just a simple paragraph that says, Durant has grown close with Boston coach Ime Udoka in recent years. It's kind of out of nowhere in this story after Udoka spent a year with Durant as assistant in Brooklyn and later with Team USA for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Um, I don't know if you made anything of that. I thought it was interesting because Boston is among the teams that has made a offer uh, for Kevin Durant. Now you have a note at the bottom of the story relaying that Kevin Durant has a good relationship with Ime Udoka. That, that, I, I, I made note of that, Howard. That, to me, wasn't a throwaway paragraph. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, there are no throwaway lines in sports media in 2022. Um, everything probably means something. Everything was, you know, whispered for a purpose. I mean, is is that a direct line to, hey, what he really wants is a trade to the Celtics? I mean, the Celtics weren't on his his reported list. The, the top of his list was supposed to be Phoenix and Miami. Um you know, it, it's, has that list expanded? You know, why are, we, we haven't heard that. Um, maybe it's maybe maybe that's what that's about, or maybe it's just that he would have liked to have seen Ime Odoka supplant Steve Nash in Brooklyn, and it's just part of the overall grievance with the organization. Yeah, maybe. Um, I read it as trade me to Boston. That's kind of how I read it. And look, I, I had one executive who's not involved in the Durant uh, sweepstakes. Do you say to me, like, you know, if the Nets don't have the stomach to bring him to training camp, they should find a way to do a deal with Boston because they're not going to get a better player in a deal than Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown, all-star, 25 years old, uh, still improving as a player, has a chance to be a multi-time all-star in this league. I know they want, you know, Marcus Smart and whatever other pounds of flesh they want to take from the Celtics, but Boston's not... You know, it, Boston wasn't giving up a lot before. They certainly aren't giving up a lot now, not in the wake of of this report. So I, I think that's, you know, I, when you say things haven't changed, where I agree with you is that we're not going to see the Nets turn around tomorrow and make a deal. It's just not going to happen. They're going to play this thing out into late August, into early September, and probably reevaluate where they are once they, they get to that point. Um, but... If the offers don't improve, if there isn't a pathway to get, say, Donovan Mitchell or somebody like that, Bam Adebayo or somebody like that, a Boston deal makes the most sense. The Celtics will give you draft picks. They'll give you Jalen Brown. It's not the Anthony Davis deal that the Nets are clearly hoping to get, but it might be the best deal out there for him. But that's the thing. Do the Nets have to make just the best available deal? That's the way you're framing it. You you're, you seem to believe that because of the I do. way, but I, I one I don't think that's the way they're viewing it. I think they are viewing this the way that Daryl Morey viewed the Ben Simmons thing, where again all kinds of people were saying for all kinds of reasons, good good logical reasons, reasons that Daryl Morey clearly did not buy into, but people were saying that for all kinds of reasons you just need to take the best available deal for Ben Simmons and get this thing done, and he said no. I'm going to wait until I get the deal that makes the most sense or until I get the, the deal that's headlined by a guy that I think is worthy of this talent. And he waited and he got what he wanted. It, I'm not saying that that plays out the same for the Nets, but I do think that they have decided on the same general principles to deal with this crisis, which is 
Okay, you all think we're over a barrel and that we have no leverage. We do have leverage. He's under contract for four years. We don't have to make a bad deal. We're not going to make a bad deal. And we're not going to just take the best available deal. We will take the deal that we think is worthy of a player who is top 10 all-time, top two or three at worst currently. Granted, does not play full seasons anymore and probably never will again. But you you can't, you know, their their position is we cannot just simply give him away for a second-rate deal, especially in light of what the, the the ransom that the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. I don't believe that any one deal sets the market the way we all often talk about. I think that's a little bit overdone, but it certainly complicates matters, and it certainly does set expectations um, around the league. It doesn't mean you can get exactly what they got or more, but it, it's not insignificant. It's not irrelevant. And so... You know, look, we we could play this game all day about who has the leverage, but if the Nets' alternative to, or if their if their way out of this is to make a bad deal or a deal with that that brings them not a bad deal, a deal that brings them less than they think he's worth, and they don't and they're not going to feel great about it. What is the, yeah, what is the uh, downside of just going into the season and saying, you know what, Kevin, show up? And if you don't show up, you're losing. You're losing salary. You're losing time. Like, if if the if the alternative to a bad deal is just awkwardness, they can deal with awkwardness. Like this season, this coming season can't go any worse for them than this past one did. It, it's it like they've already dealt with drama. They've already dealt with uh, these these very uh, challenging two stars that they signed up with, and now three challenging stars. To be honest, I I, I just. They're, they have them under contract. Like At some point, guys just have to show up and play. And you deal with the awkwardness until you can find a deal that you like. Or maybe you don't make a deal. Yeah, well, this, this certainly is a new twist to the story. Um, but like I said, I do think we're, we're weeks away from any kind of resolution, if not longer. Um, I, I'm not as convinced as you may be that this is salvageable. I, I don't know that this, you know, ownership group of Joe Sy, who reportedly was really disenchanted with how last season went. I don't know if Sean Marks, Steve Nash, who's got two years of coaching experience and not successful coaching experience. I don't know if if they have the appetite for this, Howard. I think, you know, whatever the purpose of this meeting was. I think the outcome is it's going to get Kevin Durant traded. I think he's going to wind up on another team before training camp starts. The Nets are just going to take the best deal that's on the table to move passes. It's not going to be a deal that's all draft picks. It's certainly going to include at least one all-star caliber player, whether it's Jalen Brown or somebody else. But I don't. I'm of the belief this is the point of no return. I know you and I see differently on this, but I'm of the belief that this is the absolute point of no return and and Kevin Durant will not be in Brooklyn to start the season. If I had to bet right now, I think he is. And I, I'm, I'm not a betting person, and I, I have no particular intel that tells me this. But I think given everything that we know about the market, about what the Nets want, and frankly, about what they've hinted at about their appetite, you question their appetite. I think what, what they've been conveying to us consistently – uh, in, in, in you know so many ways, obviously nothing that's on the record, but 
I think they are clearly okay with discomfort. They were okay with the discomfort of telling Kyrie Irving, you can't play half the games only. You know, they eventually caved on that, but that was when they were in desperate straits on the court. Like, Sean Marks, as a Spurs disciple, does not strike me as somebody who is going to all of a sudden, like, freak out one day and say, I, I, I can't deal with this anymore. Let's just trade him just for the sake of resolving it. Like, I think everything we have seen from this this leadership group with the Nets indicates that they'll ride it out until they get the resolution that makes sense to them. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of teams out there who hope that they that they don't, that they don't have the courage to, to see it through and that they buckle and, and make a lesser deal. But that doesn't seem to me to be what their MO is right now. Yeah, well, we'll see. And maybe there'll be some more news to talk about next week. Otherwise, Howard, it's the fit of Monty Poole and Bradley Beal in the backcourt in Washington. Monty Morris. Monty Morris. Not, not, not Monty Poole, the longtime <laughs> Oakland columnist. Monty Poole is our friend in the Bay Area. That's right. Who I'm, yes. I'm sure is a hell of a baller himself. Uh, That's true. But, um, yeah, no, if, 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 we're, if we're down to evaluating, like, uh, you know, backcourts of playing teams, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty bleak. Yeah, must be. All right, Howard, we'll talk next week. <laughs> Always a pleasure, my friend. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.